Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome back to the SPC Newsroom, where every Friday, myself and or usually anyway, Remzo Martinez will jump in here, talk a little comic news. But this week, we have something very, very special. Uh, We have a very special report from a man who has been on the show proper before. He's been on, I think, what, two two proper episodes of of SPC. Uh, He is the man who really, in, in some ways, is the godfather of SPC because he is the one who introduced me to comic books many, many years ago. He is my good friend from Connecticut, Eric. How's it going? I'm doing well. How about yourself, Mark? I'm doing all right. And uh, this special report that I referenced, uh, you actually went to the New York Comic Con the other weekend, which actually enough, I was I happened to be in New York the same weekend um, and Connecticut. I did get to see you, but we believe it or not, I have to admit this, even though I was in New York City during the comic convention, I did not go to the New York Comic Con. I'll tell you why, though, because I was there with my wife and my son and it's $60 entry to get in. And while he likes comics, I know him and he will be bored after a couple hours. And I wasn't about to bu- buckle down 180 bucks to go to a Comic-Con for a couple hours. That's just me. I can't blame you. No. But um, yeah, we could either start with that or I have a couple uh, news items to touch on too. I'll let you decide what you want to do first. Oh, wow. You want to um, warm up with the news or you want to get right no, into let's, it? No, let's just jump right in. Let's jump All right, right let's in. just jump right in. So... I'll let you jump right in. You actually, uh, you were showing me some of the books because I haven't done cons and man. And well, I did, I did go to a Tampa comic con, um, yeah. but not, you know, more as like a passive observer, not really in the, like I'm here to do comic things with a mission like you did. So tell us a little about a bit about maybe like the things you were planning ahead of time and the things you got done all in the context, by the way, I should add for people that didn't hear your whole story uh, last time you were on the podcast, you much like me, went through a comic book dark period and, and only kind of got back into the stuff, what, like two years ago, maybe? Co- not coincidentally around the time the SBC began. Yeah, yeah. It was probably about uh, two, two and a half years ago um, that I kind of jumped back in. Um, I just kind of got that itch. I saw the the Marvel app and how cheap it was. And I kind of just jumped back in and started reading some back issues. And I was like, oh. man, I really wish I had... Um, you know, the if hard you think Marvel Unlimited was cheap, you, you, dude, show, you got to get on Shonen Jump. Two bucks a month for uh, like um, like uh, uh, every manga ever. But n- I digress. I heard about that. That, that, that sounds like a fantastic deal. I it is. It is key. It is clutch. Well, yeah. Uh, you know, one of the big things that I, I did before going to Comic-Con was really have to plan it out. I can't stress that enough for anyone going to a large comic book or pop culture convention. These things are huge, especially at the Javits Center. I think it's one of the largest convention centers in the country. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, only rivaled probably by the Moscone Center out in San Francisco and probably Vegas or Chicago. It's probably anyway. the number two Comic Con besides San Diego. I would, I would think, right? I would Maybe say there's so, a, yeah. yeah. Well, there's Dragon Con too. I don't know how much of a comic book convention that is, but that's a big one as well. Um, anyway, so that more of like uh, a nerd, uh, nerd. Well, that word. This is all nerd, nerd territory. But like a <laughs> like a sci-fi, like sci-fi fantasy convention, more geared towards that. 
Yeah, it, it started as a tabletop gaming and kind of like a mini hacker convention, um, you know, back in, the, I think, the, the early 90s or in the 80s. Um, I can't remember for, for Dragon Con. But, uh, yeah, on the Comic-Con side, um, I went down uh, with the primary goal of getting some some autographs uh, from some of the, the artists that are there. They had Chris Claremont, which, um, as you know, your listeners know, I'm a pretty big uh, fan of, of early X-Men. So I got a couple of books uh, signed from him. Um, and I also went down and uh, got signatures from uh, James Tinian, who's uh, Something is Killing the Children, um, A Nice House on the Lake. Um, nice, which we did review on SPC Proper just a, a few short weeks ago. That's right. That's right. Um, and then I tried to get a couple of other artists. And one of the lessons learned from this Comic-Con um, is get a multiple day ticket if you can afford it. <laughs> Um, the artists, while listed as being there for the day, might not be signing when you're there. Uh, they mm. might be, uh, you know, signing later in the day, or they might not even show up. So multiple days, uh, you know, if you have s- signatures in mind. So um, was it just those, those what, was like three books you brought to sign? Or were there some no, no, I, I brought a whole bunch. I had a whole bunch of Claremont oh. books. I had um, three uh, Uncanny X-Men. It was 232 through 234 which is this brood, a um, couple of brood issues of X-Men. Um, and the reason I wanted those signed is those are some of the first books that I ever read, where those was that little series. Um, I also got a copy of X-Men 137, which is the Death of Phoenix, which was covered on the show. Um, and I got that signed uh, by Claremont. You bought it there at the uh, convention as well? No, I had that ahead of time. I got a fantastic deal oh. on eBay. I pulled it down you? for like 20 bucks. How much? 20 20 bucks and so $20. what is it in so now i'm kind of curious so what was the uh what do you can you say like what the about like was this a rated book or what would you approximately rate it in terms of its its like condition uh so to me it looked like it was probably a high eight to low nine um okay. if i was going with the cgc cgc score um really really good condition and i was i was shocked to get it for the price that i did um, I think it was because the the um, auction was ending at a weird time. It was running it ending at like midday on a Thursday. <laughs> uh, do you know what that book typically um, what is like evaluated at? I have no idea. Interesting. Maybe I can do no some live research and find out. What 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 is it? Uh, uncanny number. Uh, I think it was one thirty seven. Yeah. All right. So I'm going to look that up because I'm I'm really curious. But. Uh, what yeah, no, I just yeah. What else? Um, I also went there for the exclusives. There's some really, really cool books. If you're into comics that you can also display, um, there were some really awesome books. I think some of the two of the ones that I showed you, uh, one of them was uh, Dark Crisis number one, and it just had this awesome picture of Darkseid on the cover, gripping Superman's cape, walking menacingly. You know, yes. On the, on the I can act surprised, but you showed me that book uh, when I, I was did. when I was visiting, and it, it is a. Like you said, has nothing to do with the content of the book at all because none of them, they don't even interact. But uh, yeah. but it's a, it's a fucking awesome cover. Yeah, it was awesome cover. Again, nothing to do with the story. And then I picked up this other one. Um, I kind of just was walking by this booth. It was a uh, Far Side Comics, and they had one that was limited to three hundred issues, um, and it was uh, Vanish Number One, which I think is a Donny Cates uh, Stegman book. Mm. And they happened to have the artist, uh, the cover artist there. Um, just sitting there sketching away. So I picked up the book um, and got uh, got him to sign it while I was there. Was he so there signing? Kind of or there? Yeah, 
he was there sketching um, because, you know, you can go when you go to these conventions, you can get the artist to do custom sketches for you. I'm sure that's they'll a, do. That's will they do like whatever weird. character you want, or will they will they like sketch you, or is that too much of a, an ask? Or do people not do that? I, I'm acting like it's like I've never. It's basically like I have never been to a comic con because I haven't since I was like ten, and I honestly just followed my dad around. I don't really remember what. They yeah, were. I, have, I have I have no idea. It, they're always priced way out of the range that I want to I want to spend on mm-hmm. something specific like that. I'd rather have the original book plus the signature mm-hmm. on it right. rather than just have like a custom sketch. But some of the ones that I was seeing, like I walked by uh, Mark Silvestri. Um, he's a, he was a penciler for the Uncanny X-Men. And he was CEO of yep. Image Comics. Um, and then his image and, book. What was his image book? Uh, dark, dark, dark something. I'm going to look it up. <laughs> oh, by the way, research. speaking of my live research, yeah, welcome. If you want live research, this is the podcast for you. I love Mark it. Silvestri. What the fuck is the, the image book? Top go. Anyway, uh, on, on the other research I was doing... Um, Uncanny 137. It, it says, according yeah. to Comics Price Guide, it's listed mm-hmm. at $36. All right. So oh, no, that's, just, that's just for... Okay, that's somebody selling it for $36. So yeah, that sounds okay. like you got a good deal if you got it for 20 Yeah, and I thought it was in pretty good condition. You know, I inspected it when I got it. It was white pages, which ups the value, you know, keeps the value high. So I was pretty pleased with that. Um, sweet, sweet. And then, yeah, this other exclusive that I got, like I said, the artist was there um, and the custom drawings that he can get. You can ask the artist to do pretty much whatever you want. When I was going by uh, Silvestri's um, booth, he wasn't signing at the time. He was just sitting there doing sketches all day. And he was the first booth. I, he was the first artist booth I hit up at uh, probably like 10, 15 a.m. And he wasn't signing until 5 p.m. And I was like, forget this. Mm-hmm. Well, how did you get the other? So, like, how did you get the other signature? Will they, if they're sketching, will they like? Can you get in a signature? Yeah, it depends. It depends on the artist. I mean, you know, some of the artists are there giving the signature away for free. I was there getting them graded, um, just because I want to have them, you know, in the slabs and have a nice display piece up on my wall. Uh, Some of them I'm going to resell, but you know, you know, help fund the hobby. But most of them I'm going to keep. and they charge they charge you money for that. They can charge you anywhere between ten and twenty dollars, depending on the artist, uh, per signature. Um, so it can get pretty steep if you're getting them if you're getting them graded. Yeah, when I was uh, going through the old vault in my uh, my old room in Connecticut, uh, when mm-hmm. I was up there, I I found a couple books that I had signed uh, signed yeah. and certified. Did you get certifications? Is that still a thing? Yeah, you, you can you can certainly get them if you're if you're not getting them. Uh, you got to pay extra or graded or anything like that. No, they're getting cheaper for okay you just gotta ask yeah you just gotta ask did you, but you didn't get them you didn't you didn't care to no i didn't i only got um the only uh certificate that i got was for the one that i stopped by the random booth for vanish number one gotcha, gotcha. the rest of them yeah. i was getting graded so okay i see i see so yeah the ones that i found i have a is a spawn number I, I believe i yeah so i have a spawn number one uh todd awesome. mcfarlane I'll, I mean, I, I haven't even taken out, a, it out, so it's probably in extremely good condition. Um, and then I have, a, I think I have a Ninjak. Is it a, it's either a Ninjak or an Exo Man of War, or it might be both, uh, with certificates with Joe Quesada's signature. Oh, very nice. Very nice. We, probably what, got the, we probably got that signature together. That was probably a Comic and Baseball Plus uh, signature, right? Maybe. Yeah, oh, that's right, because he would sell them like that, right? Yeah, that, that might oh, no. be. I know one he, of them. He brought in Joe Casada a couple of times. Um, oh, really? Oh, wow. Back in the early days, so cool. yeah, he had Joe Casada and he had a couple other um, artists there at the time. Because I have a, I had a signed um, Nightfall 
number one or something, whatever the first uh, issue of Nightfall was. I had that signed by one of the artists. Nice. Yeah. I, I probably, yeah, probably a couple of those were from him. And, but I know I, I remember being in line for a signature at some point at the New York comic con with my dad, yeah. uh, when I was maybe 13, 14, something like that. So I, I'm not sure if that was Casada. I, I feel like it was Casada because I, I think I would have remembered meeting Todd McFarlane, which I do not. <laughs> yeah. So I'm pretty sure that didn't happen, but I do have that sign number one. So that one I probably got from Todd at least. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's funny. Cause for me, I don't know, stuff like that. Like, yeah, I guess the point of getting it is to have this, you know, getting a certificate is to increase the value and all this. But like, I look at this book and I'm like, I wouldn't sell this, <laughs> you know, like, like I guess if it was, yeah, because like even, yeah, so like, what could you sell it for? Maybe a couple hundred bucks, something like that. Like to me that the memory is worth more than the couple hundred bucks and like having it yeah. is kind of worth more than that. Um, So I don't know, maybe in 50 years, it'll be worth a million dollars because of inflation. It'll be, which is, it'll be the, still be the same as a hundred dollars essentially. Um, you gotta, you gotta wait for all the other copies that are on eBay to get destroyed. Yeah. <laughs> I guess if I'm ever really, really, really down on my luck, uh, if I hit a, a Baron Corbin-esque low for uh, for the wrestling fans out there, uh, then maybe I, I could dip in and, and try to sell some of these. Maybe I'll just sell them to you, you know? <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> Keep it in the family. Um, what go. else? Was there were, were there anything else to uh, discuss from the event, like in terms of uh, any like interesting panels that might have been there? Any other like announcements? I don't think it's quite like a, a Comic-Con or a Disney Con where they have a ton of yeah. huge, huge announcements. But was there anything like that you can uh, report on? Um, they had a lot of uh, really cool panels um, that if you were into the topic that they would have been, uh, you know, uh, of interest. You know, they had a reunion of Back to the Future with uh, Christopher Lloyd oh. and Michael J. Fox. Uh, really? Yeah, they right. had them up there on the panel. You had to register in advance for a lot of these sessions. So um, by the time I got to the registration page, um, everything was uh, booked. So I didn't get to participate in any of the panels. But I had a I had a full day just walking the expo floor and you know hanging out in Artist Alley. Did you find yeah. any? Did you get any like random comics, like looking through books or anything like that, or or do we just kind of more of a, an observer on that end? Yeah, I was I was uh, kind of I I did some thumbing through the books. I mean, you kind of have to when you go into a, a comic book convention like that. But I was surprised by the um, uh, the lack of those types of comic book vendors there. You know, a lot yeah. of there were a lot of uh, you know, online comic book vendors there, like the one I mentioned before, Farside Comics, and they didn't have back issues. They had the exclusives out, you know, the stuff that was really popular mm -hmm. or a lot of the booths. And this is the big thing I realized. I didn't realize how big these Funko pop dolls are or figures. Oh, or whatever you want to they're think. huge. At just about every booth there had them and they were for they were everything booth upon, booth upon booth that was dedicated to these things i don't and think I was, there's anything that doesn't have a funko bar, funko whatever the fuck they're called yeah i don't think so either <laughs> um yeah so yeah i i i i for also this but uh you know speaking of like the vendors yeah I, i've heard that i, I kind of noticed that i think at the the tampa con that we went to yeah. like a couple months ago there was a good amount of vendors, but like, it seemed like more than half of it was like toys or, mm -hmm. you know, like lightsabers or like the, the right. those dolls or like art. There's some really cool art you can buy, but yeah, I, I, it seemed different than, than like 20, 30 years ago or whenever the fuck I was, I was going to cons as a teenager. I lost track of these, these years at this point. Uh, exactly. It seemed like it was almost exclusively, it was either comics or signings. Like those are the two things yeah. you can do, but now there's just, it's expanded into so much, other oh, stuff and i guess that's good because it probably brings other types of people in too 
Oh yeah, 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 it must. I mean, uh, there was a lot of costumes, a lot of cosplay going on. Um, some some of the costumes very very impressive. Um, just the homemade detail that that people spent time time on. You can tell. Um, and then the art, you're you're absolutely right. There's some really cool original art that the the artists are selling. Um, and you can find those not only in Artist Alley, but you can also find them up on the expo floor. Just a lot mm-hmm. of vendors are bringing in artists. Yeah. I think one of the longest lines there was for uh, Peach Momoko, who's a primarily a cover artist um, for a lot of books. And her line was two hours long just to meet her um, and get some sign, something signed and get a, get an um, exclusive book. Yeah. Um, this, I was this like, right here, I actually got at the at the Tampa Con. It's like this artist that does these. Sorry, I got to get close to my mic. It's this artist that does these uh, for <laughs> for non video people because this is there's no video to this, so I'm just showing Eric. Anyway, I guess this artist does uh, uh kind of like these like old school like. 60s comic style covers of tv episodes yeah. so we had that mm. i have one behind me of wandavision i have another one you can't really see from uh mandalorian but they're just really awesome. really fucking cool more like i'd say like 70s style of like comic book covers yeah it looks it looks those really cool sweet. yeah those are pretty sweet cool Any, anything else to report or you want to dip into a couple uh interesting news items no, i don't i don't think there's been much else to report from there you know it was uh it was packed um so you know anyone is going to a con plan ahead and if you can get multiple day, you know, pass, get a multiple multiple day pass. Mm-hmm. There you go. And all right, so let's see. There's a couple. First of all, one I, one thing I, I haven't asked you this. I don't know if you have or haven't. Have you watched She Hulk? I did watch She Hulk. Did you watch the finale? Because <laughs> I haven't talked about this on the public show. Now, Patreon listeners will have heard my rant about the finale, and I think as far as I don't know. People with my sort of persuasion, let's just put it that way. Um, generally, I've been lighter. I haven't been as hard on She-Hulk as some of my contemporary critics. Yeah. For example, Nerd Roddick or whatever. Not that he's my contemporary. He's a thousand times, a million times bigger than me. That's not the point. Remzo, perhaps? I think I have I have definitely Remzo. Um, I, I have found myself trying to be easy on it because I, try, I at the end of the day, I want to enjoy TV. So I try to get... I don't want to sit there watching stuff that I'm going to review and, and hate it. I try to find the things yeah. I like. So I, I try to do my best to be positive. And I think I, I hit the wall with the finale. So I had, did you, did you, did you watch the finale? I, I did. I did. So now, yeah, go now ahead. The, the defense of this, the defense that I've heard from idiots is that, but she breaks the fourth wall in the comic too. That's the defense. Do you have any- Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Any any thoughts on that in that defense? Uh, that's fine, but this was this was so distracting. It took me out of the the episode so much that it it wasn't enjoyable. Oh, it did! It literally took you out of the episode it because she yeah. she crawled out of the Disney Plus app and into the Disney Writers Room. I get yep. what they're trying to do. I don't even mind. I wouldn't mind it if it was not supposed to be taken seriously. In, in the yeah. sense of if it wasn't MCU canon, if it wasn't intersecting with other characters that I'm supposed to actually take. But if you're supposed to uh, look, obviously, this is superheroes. We have to suspend our disbelief anyway. But if, if I'm supposed to at least suspend that disbelief 
and see this as a coherent universe where yes, people have these magic powers and they're from their aliens and all this stuff. I can accept that. I can, I can, I put myself in that, but then you're going to have a character that leaves that universe. Isn't a, is, I don't mind the little jokes, like the nods. Cause that is, that is comic accurate that she sort of does yeah. little wall fourth wall breaks. Kind of like that. Yeah. In good measure. But here's what I'll say to the people that defend it based on those grounds. It's not just that she broke the fourth wall. That's the issue to me. Cause that had already happened in the show or whatever. It's not just that. It's that at the expense of finishing the fucking story. Like they had all these intersecting storylines. Maybe they weren't that interesting, but instead of actually tying them together and making it pay off coherently, they threw them all out and did a, a deus ex machina fucking rewrite and turned Daredevil into a fucking a sex toy. That this is my, that's my other problem with it. Where Dev, Daredevil has been turned into nothing but a sex toy for this. I'm sorry, this whore who's got like a body a body count of three over over four episodes. So anyway, I think, it's, I think it's more. I think it's more than that because she. Uh, it's at least she, that. That's that all. Whole, we, that whole montage episode of where she was going on multiple dates. Well, that's true. Yeah, we don't. Well, I think the idea was she wasn't she wasn't connecting on those until the last guy. But I'm trying I'm, again. Okay. I'm trying to be as positive as I can here. You're right. There was probably some you know under the table under the table handies or whatever the fuck yeah, happened. Exactly there. right. So I, I found the, that whole. Here, go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. I was going to say I found that whole series to be extremely inconsistent. There were some episodes that I really enjoyed, and then there were other ones that were just complete bombs. And then they just—I don't know what they did with the finale, but it was—it was, it was the, what the, Well, the joke they made, the joke that Kevin the robot made, and the they're like, "Oh, about the um, about the the animation team moving on to another project." That wasn't a joke. That's what happened, and that's why you barely saw She-Hulk in the end because the animation team literally moved on to another project, and they think it's. So, but this is this fucking bajillion dollar company thinks it's funny to point out how fucked it they their production is. It's just it's just unbelievable. I I agree. I think this is the jump the shark moment for Marvel. It feels that uh, way. I mean, that doesn't mean have, there won't. Yeah, yeah. That doesn't mean there won't be other quality stuff or or what yeah. have you. It doesn't mean I won't watch other stuff, but. I think this does signify a change where they're. It's okay. It's acceptable to put out some crap. Like this is this is just utter crap. There's no defensive. Uh, that that is true, and it, I wish they would ease up on the content, right? So mm-hmm. when Han Solo came out with the Star Wars, like because we're talking Disney, right? Yeah. They uh they kind of eased back after that. They're like, well, hold on a minute, that wasn't received so well. Let's ease yeah. back on the, on the Star Wars content. We're well, doing. I think they need to do that for Marvel. They did. They eased back, but then they now they're vomiting all that content out in another way. Because I'm pretty sure, at least maybe not with Andor, which I've watched. I watched two episodes and I put me literally put me to sleep. I, I can't get through that show. And then, but I mean, I'll definitely say with with Boba Fett and with Obi Wan, those were supposed to. I'm, I'm pretty sure they were supposed to be movies, and then they turned them in because and then they did what you said. They pulled back on the movies. They're like, all right, if they weren't digging Han Solo, maybe we don't need to throw three more movies at them right, right. now. And but then they turned them into. But the problem is, they took a movie script, I think, and that and that they said, "Oh, let's turn these into TV shows." So what happens when you take a, an hour and a half to two hour movie and turn it into six one hour episodes? You need to yeah. add four hours of crap, <laughs> or you need exactly to insert right. two episodes of The Mandalorian into a different show. Um, so exactly I think that right. either way, this this dilution is 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 very apparent, and it's 
I don't know if it's a problem to their bottom line. That's the thing. If people keep paying for their fucking app or whatever. So maybe it doesn't matter. Maybe they're just like, as long as we have content, as long as they're paying the six bucks a month, we don't care if they're bitching about it or if it sucks because it doesn't matter. But we'll see if it does actually matter. We'll see if uh, Go Woke Broke, Go Broke is, is a real thing or not. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see. I think they made up for it with uh, Werewolf by Night. I, I really enjoyed that one. I, I liked it, but like I, I, I thought about this the other day and I was like, look, this it was good. But it's, I think it's exaggerated in our minds how good it is because it's the first good thing to come out of Marvel in in a couple of, like first it's the best thing to come out in like two years I, I think, and I think yeah, that's just I think that says more about the degradation of the quality that makes it stand out. Not to say it's not good. I liked it. It's enjoyable, but it's not like it's not like the greatest piece of cinema ever made. It's just very different and very higher quality for the stuff we've been getting. So I, I think that's the way I saw it. Uh, can we agree that Man Thing looked better than She Hulk? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Dude, the Todd Hulk looked better than She-Hulk. Like it's it's absurd. You, you know, and the other thing about She-Hulk that was really contrasting is how they did this 70s uh homage intro, which is my favorite part of the episode. And they had this like bodybuilder trick painted in green and yeah. like like an homage. That looked better than the animation. So much better. Yeah. Like, no joke. If they did that sh- thing where that where she transforms, they 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 focus on her eyes just like in the, the 70s show. Mm-hmm. And then you see her as this big bulky actually chick. It would have been such a better show. Well, the writing still would have yeah. had its problems, but it would have been I, it wouldn't have distracted me as much as this animation, which I, it just took me out of it, it every it, time. It took me out of it every time she especially when the character was moving quickly. It, it just took you right out of it. It's like that. I just saw missing frames. What's going on here? Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, I didn't, I didn't even really want to talk about She-Hulk. I was just kind of curious your thoughts since we hadn't, we hadn't talked about it personally. So I figured I'll do it on the podcast. Um, Why not? What? want to wrap up with a couple little well one is news one's a rumor so we cover all that here in the newsroom so we'll start with the news the news is a little piece of casting news from these are both marvel marvel tidbits um they have cast apparently marvel studios has cast what i will say is one of my favorite actors a long time ago i can't really say he's one of my favorite actors now but you know he is a legend nonetheless uh they have cast harrison ford as that that general uh, Thaddeus Thunderbolt Ross to replace the recently departed uh, William Hurt. Uh, first of all, have you seen that? Have you seen that Incredible Hulk movie, movie with Ed Norton? Yes, I have. What do you think of William Hurt in that film? Uh, I mean, or I in like the other films, he's been in. He's been in a couple. I, I, of I like. I like William yeah. Hurt. I think he's he's a good actor. Um, I think he played that role pretty pretty well. Yeah, and and Remzo is such. It's been a while. Remzo loved him so much that he said they shouldn't recast Thunderbolt Ross. I'm like, stop it! Come on, you got to come down. Yeah, they're gonna, they can't, they have too many like loose storylines with him. They made him too big, big a character. Obviously, they're gonna recast him. I was hoping they'd go back to Sam Neill because Sam Neill played uh, Thunderbolt Ross in the um, well, that like, the, the Ang, Ang Lee one, I think it was. Ang Lee, yeah, yeah, the one with like Eric Bana or whatever. Yeah, uh, but that that didn't happen. Um, I don't know how I feel about it, but I, I think Harrison Ford is is pretty brittle. Like he broke his ankle during the last uh last uh Indiana Jones twice. movie. He's he crashes planes in L.A. Like 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 didn't he literally do that twice? I think he actually did that twice. Yeah, it, it, I haven't enjoyed a movie of his in quite some time. Um, I can't remember the last movie that I saw with Harrison Ford that I enjoyed. Force Awakens, or no? Actually, actually, the third Star Wars movie is the because he played the the Force Ghost of himself in that one. That wouldn't well, qualify as his last good movie, of course. But it was, it was the last. Movie. I also said a movie I enjoyed. Oh, okay, yeah. Well, there you go. I enjoyed the Force Awakens the first time around. Uh, it yeah. doesn't hold up. It does not hold up though very well. Uh, not at all. Not at all. Um, Especially yeah, knowing all the threads they set up never went any like got scrapped in the second movie and then tried to be 
half ass patched together by J.J. Abrams in the third movie, but that's neither here nor there. Yeah, I found it an interesting casting. Um, my problem with Harrison Ford lately is he he's he plays Harrison Ford, you know, kind of <laughs> yes. like Nick Cage yes. plays Nick Cage. <laughs> Jack Nicholson, I love him, but he plays Jack Nicholson. Yeah. Yeah. He's Jack Nicholson. So he's just another one of those actors. You know, I think they could have gone with someone a little bit younger, not to be ageist on this program, uh, but I think they could have gone with a slightly younger actor. Um, yeah, like we're not saying. Know, you know, maybe f- someone in their sixties, but just not someone like eighty. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like right. he's literally eighty, is he not? Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. So we'll see. What's hard for me to picture is uh, like Harrison Ford as a villain because I, I don't think I've ever seen him in a villainous role. I'm, I don't even know if he's played a villainous role. If he has, I, I can't. Yeah, I can't I recount it. I, I can't either. Yeah. So that'll be interesting. Maybe put me on the spot with movie knowledge, and I don't know. Yeah. No, I, I I suck with this stuff too. I, I can't remember him playing a villain in, in anything. So, um, so moving on to the last little tidbit, um, here. This is actually a rumor, and I never know what to believe with this stuff. A lot of them turn out true. Some of them don't. So who knows? Um, but the rumor is that Sasha Baron Cohen, my wife, Sasha Baron Cohen, may be playing the the uh, villain Mephisto. In the Marvel Universe. Mm. A couple interesting things about this. Well, first of all, what do you think about Sasha Baron Cohen? I, I gotta be honest. I liked Ali G. Everything after that, I, I kind of hate him, to be honest. Yeah, I kind of I kinda have mixed, mixed feelings on him. I, I think he's got some decent acting chops here and there. Um, you know, he can play a little bit he more. He's better as an actor than a prankster. I can't stand his, like, prankster stuff. Yeah, it's, it's just not for me. It rubs me the wrong way. I think I'm too old. Maybe that's what it is. Or maybe you're not an asshole because it's just him being a total asshole and like putting people in uncomfortable situations where they don't know what the fuck's going on. And right. I, I, I just don't, I don't enjoy that myself. Yeah, that's not a, that's not a thing I enjoy either. But you know, some people like it. That's that's their choice. So, um, as a longtime Marvel fan, obviously very familiar with the character of Mephisto. Does uh, how can you picture him in this role? <laughs> it seems not, absurd. not really. No, I'm shaking. I'm shaking my head here. Mark, Mark well, see me. Uh, I mean, I, I think. It's, it's like they have, if they're going to do this, it's almost like they're telling us like, oh, we're going to play Mephisto for comedy, which is yeah. not how Mephisto should be played. No, not at all. And that's, that's one of the, if this is true, this is one of the, the things that's really bothering me about what Marvel's doing is they're, they're making everyone too comic. Mm-hmm. Like they're taking, they're taking the comic and comic books too seriously. <laughs> yeah, I think um, they misunderstood what, that part of it. Yeah, not everything needs to be serious. And I think that was one of the big problems with with the last Thor movie, right, is there was too much comedy in that when they Mm -hmm. had such a heavy villain like Gore. And if they're going to make a cartoony character, you know, out of Mephisto, I I don't know. I don't know how that's going to work. Or if they, I mean, like Gore, they tried to play serious, but then everything around him was just hucky jucky, you know, silly yeah. jokes and stuff. So it's like, how am I supposed to really feel the sense of dire when these characters are yucking it up and having a fucking joke about every goddamn thing, you know? Right. Especially when they had a fantastic actor playing playing Gore, but that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. One of the most wasted performances. And he said it was, I, I can see why he's expressed frustration with that. He said he didn't enjoy doing it at all, which I can understand. Cause all he did was like sit on a green screen and like, you know, talk like he was never interacting with like in the scenes, like with any other actors hardly. So it's like, yeah, yeah of course it's not going to be a great, per- I mean, I think it was fine for him, but it's like, how can you perform when you're, that's hardly even acting. I, I feel if you're like right. this classical actor who's, who's been in like all these great roles. So yeah, there, there, definitely some wasted talent there. Um, probably Absolutely. through no fault of no fault of his own, but uh, yeah, yeah I don't know. know. I think, yeah, go ahead. I, I don't know who I, who I would cast as, as Mephisto. I'd have to, I'd have to give that some thought. 
Do you have any you have any thoughts on who you would uh Al Pacino? <laughs> what about Al Pacino? <laughs> yeah, you know, he already played the devil once and in a fucking great movie. Um if I can remember the name of it. You have uh, Keanu Reeves. Yeah, what's right? the name of that movie? See, uh, Devil's Advocate. Will... All right. In, instant research devil's advocate that was a fucking great movie um I'm, I'm joking but maybe i mean i'd rather I'd, i would take that over uh over sasha Baron Cohen. i think oh uh, yeah i'd say so uh who else what about this what about this one? Ooh, i don't know if they'll do it because i'm not well no he's been vindicated now he's fine johnny depp johnny depp johnny depp would, would be pretty good because i think i actually could see that yeah that i could see because he could bring his quirkiness to that role yeah yeah. And yeah. if this will you know for who he is he is very quirky yeah exactly he's he's quirky while being menacing which i think johnny depp could absolutely pull off so that i would be much happier to see johnny depp than sasha fucking baron cohen um in this one but completely agree the the other interesting thing about this is and renzo's gonna love this one not only is is this part of the rumor that uh sasha baron cohen is gonna be playing mephisto but that this is going to take place in the movie ironheart (laughs) why is mephisto an ironheart villain i mean First of all, Ironheart shouldn't exist. You know, I don't want to be like, you know, a fucking libertarian here. Well, the, the state shouldn't exist, so we shouldn't talk about it. All right. Yeah, Ironheart shouldn't exist, but we can still fucking talk about it, uh, about how it's going to suck and how it's a terrible character in the first place. It was never It was never a good character in the comics, so I'd be very surprised if they translated a, a, a shitty takeoff character from the comics to anything good in the movie. Um, but, but then putting Mephisto Baron Cohen in there. Like it's just such a weird mix. So I don't know what the fuck's going on. That didn't, that didn't be, I'm not familiar with, with Ironheart. Um, you shouldn't be, you shouldn't be. Yes. No, you right. You, uh, and, and from listening to the show, you've kind of turned me off from finding, wanting to find out more. And I think I'll explain, fine. I'll explain Ironheart in uh, maybe I'll, in 12 seconds or less. Let's see. Ironheart, uh, shitty black teenage, Tony Stark. There, that was, that was less time than I needed. There we go. Um, no, no, shitty black teenage girl, lesbian Tony Stark. Uh, sorry, I think oh. I got it all. I, I think I, I think I checked all the boxes there. It's, it's nice. Ironheart is like a parody of of criticisms of like wokeism in comics. That's what Ironheart is. Mm-hmm. Ironheart is like, let's do it all. She probably is trans too. She's like, let's do it all, okay. and let's just make it total, totally derivative of Tony Stark with no art. She has no origin story. Her origin story is she's a smart kid who she's like smart. built an Iron Man suit, and then Tony Stark like got like knocked unconscious from in Civil War Two, and then she's like, I'm gonna be Iron Man now, and then she was Iron Man, and then obviously wow. he came back, and now she's Iron Heart because. That's what has that to sounds happen. awful. Yes, yeah, it's horrible. Um, so yeah, that, they're going full full speed ahead with Remzo's favorite character, uh, Ironheart. So we'll see. Well, what 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 it's going to be interesting to see how Remzo handles Wakanda because he loves Black Panther. He's excited about that movie in theory, but a big part of that movie is the debut of Ironheart. So Remzo, what's yeah. you going to do? What's you going to do? You know, I'm not. Uh, are you excited for uh, for Black Panther? I don't know about excited. I'm curious to see what they do with it. Um, cause I did yeah. like the, the first black Panther quite a bit. So yeah, I, um, I did too. I don't, I don't know what they're going to, I don't understand the direction. of. I think they needed movie. to cast. I think they needed to recast T'Challa though. I, I don't like this. We're just going to change who black Panther is. Cause the actor died. I know he's, he was beloved and all this, but look, it, it, you're, you're not, you're recasting fucking William hurt. Like you can recast people. Like we understand People yeah. die and you got to replace the, you don't need to change the whole Cause now the movie is about, I think they're going to come in with like, cold open it with like oh no black panther died of cancer or something i think they're playing off the real life thing and i'm sure it'll be touching i mean and whatever <laughs> but it's like that doesn't is that 
are you supposed to make a, a movie that happens to touch on people's emotions about a real life death? Or are you supposed to make a good movie? <laughs> so I don't know if that, I'm sure that emotion will be hit, but I'm not sure if that is going to make an interesting movie. I, 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 I have no idea what the plot is. I cannot derive a plot from any of the, uh, from what I understand, the plot, the plot is Namor is Mexican now and he's pissed off at Wakanda and somehow <laughs> Ironheart is involved. That's the plot. Oh, right. T- 10 seconds or less. It sounds like every other is this phase five now or is this a phase four movie? I think my biggest curiosity is, is Namor in that movie. He actually looks kind of cool. And even though they made him Mexican, I am curious that just because I think they just didn't want to have Atlantis and Atlantis since Aquaman came out first. So yeah, that would make sense. We'll Wouldn't want to copy. You don't want to copy anything DC is doing. Yeah. Nonetheless, you'll be able to hear reviews in some way, shape or form of every single one of these because here at SBC we watch it SBC TV we watch all these shows um and report on them and talk about them and watch all the movies so you don't have to but you know who's going to get all of that content is our great patrons we release some of those shows publicly um just to tease you sometimes uh, we put out the werewolf by night re- review i think i i think we released the first uh episode of she hulk recaps uh just to, just to tease y'all out there but rest assured if it's a, a comic related tv property we're going to be watching it. We're going to be talking about it. You can hear it all for as little as $5 a month. My God, you really can't beat that as far as I'm concerned. Um, but that about wraps it for this week's SPC Newsroom. Eric, thanks so much for joining me. Really appreciate hey, it. Thanks for having me. And as fun. always, we encourage you all to continue to read comics and change the world. Buenas noches. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.